what Brooklyn sounds like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And guess what? I'm Dr. Lisa, you know, the self-proclaimed psychotherapist. Uh, you, you, you get it, right? I try, I try to get, I try to really like, I try to ask personal questions. Okay. That's pretty much it. That's, that's what I'm after. Uh, yeah. So thanks so much for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, now, now is a really, let's put it this way, folks. Now's the time to to like get a tax deduction, okay? And I know I know you're going to be looking for one, right? What better tax deduction than helping a nonprofit all volunteer radio radio station like Radio Free Brooklyn. We're doing community service here. We're bringing everything that everybody needs, wants, cares to listen to and we are sharing good information, brightening lives, and uh, letting you know what bands are playing. Some good bands out here in Bushwick. You know that? But anyway, you should go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate, or just check out our website. Get to know us a little bit, okay? We're friendly. We're friendly people. We're really good, really good people to know. We have connections. Sign up for a newsletter. Anyway, so here's the deal, okay? I have this really amazing guest today, a comedian um, and an author and a uh, pretty big deal podcaster too, all right? That's a competition maybe, I don't know, but she's not here yet. But I have I have unnoticed that she will be here momentarily. So you know what I'm going to do? When she gets here, what I'm going to do is put on one of my favorite uh, musicians, Sean Spana. I'm going to put on his music. We're going to start with Set Up to Self-Destruct. Shout out to Sean, Sean Spana, if you're listening, playing. Anybody know Sean, let him know. And uh, when uh, Sadia gets here, I'm going to make her comfortable, and then I'm going to be back. It's probably going to be the the length of one song. But before she gets here, let's see if I can I can tell you a little bit about her, okay? So anyway, I have met her. She's a lovely, bright, British uh, woman um, from a, as she's Muslim, from a Muslim background. We're going to find out more about this. And uh, she, she created... Okay, so there's a whole bunch of things. She's she's a comedian, right? Um, I'm sure she wants to talk about her book, and her book is called Sex Bomb, a memoir, The Lives and Loves of an Asian Babe. So here's a his. I'm, I wanted to ask her before I got on the air if I'm saying it right. He, I want to be respectful. Uh, his job. I'm nervous about saying it wrong, so. Forgive me, but anyway, so um, she 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 is very open uh, about um, being sex positive, and she also wears a hijab, um, traditional Muslim woman's scarf. Is that her? Hi. Hey, there she is in her traditional woman's Muslim scarf. 
So what I'm trying to tell you guys is that um, on a uh, socially, a, uh, on a stereotypical level, that is a disconnect. And, <laughs> and do you guess what we're ta- talking about? Yeah. Sadia, am I saying your name right? Yeah. Yeah. Sadia. Yeah. Okay. And then also, how do I say hijab? Did I say it right? Yeah. Okay, I was ner- nervous about all that. Okay, why don't you put on your headphones? Okay, great. Okay, well, that's it. That's it. I wanted to play. I was going to play some Sean Spada music, but I guess we'll have to say that. But Sean Spada is a great musician. You should totally <laughs> check him out. Okay. So anyway, I was just telling them, um, Sadia, about the book that you've written. I just got started. You know, it starts oh, at two. We didn't, we didn't get to have our usual... Uh, pre 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 show chat, but that's that's okay. That's okay because I'm gl- I'm just glad to see you. Oh, me too. Thank you for having me. Oh. You have such a great voice, so I'm just delighted to be in your company. Oh, well, that's very sweet of you. So anyway, I just wanted to tell you there's there's three there's three areas that Sadia is is it has <laughs> has is has uh is professional in. Comedy, stand-up comedy, <laughs> but then there's podcasting. She co-created and hosts the award-winning podcast No Country for Young Women, which tackles love, life, and work from a multi- multicultural perspective. And she's an author. Uh, her debut, Sex Bomb, which I just mentioned to you guys, navigates the nuances of British Asian life with candor and wit. So I think I've covered all three areas. I thought you were going to say I'm here. really good at sex. Um, I would imagine. Well, you know <laughs> what? I think I think sex, like many other things, I think to, I don't think there's necessarily there's a technique or anything. It's enthusiasm, <laughs> right? It's, it's all a, about enthusiasm, <laughs> and you have the enthusiasm. And I think it's like a balance of enthusiasm, right? Because you know, you want to be cool um, and you want to make the other person feel comfortable and everybody's, I guess, zest for enthusiasm might be a little bit different. But I hear you and I agree with you that there isn't necessarily a right or wrong. And obviously I'm not saying about how you get there, but in when you are there, it's not about, like there isn't a textbook approach to say. Well, no, and it's also very individual. Like I might love having sex with somebody that you think is, you know, a deadbeat in bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably. It's, Who knows? <laughs> things, things, things occur to you that, you know, I, I guess in other kind of endeavors, uh, you are more kind of aware of. And things like in that department definitely creep up on you in a different way. Like yeah. you might find someone eating a pudding, a banana pudding from Magnolia Bakery, very sexy. Uh, you know, it's, you're, yeah. you have like, it's a very uh, in, rich, um, uncharted kind of area. To it, sit it is. And I don't personally like to think of sex as something that that is a skill. I think I think it's really about being, pre- I think it's about being present, present for you somebody. It's about your like, it's almost like a level of communication with the with your partner as well. It's you're it, coming off your point about presentness. Um, I think it's about yeah. It's almost like a connection, um, and that you you know you want to kind of be there and in, and be enjoyable and be enjoyed. Right. Yeah. But I I also think that you know there's so many weird. It's Think. so 
Yeah, it's such it's a, a bit weird. Too much. Yeah. It's, it's it's so bit... primitive that it's hard to even <laughs> put it put it put put a lot of boundaries what, or what do limbs. you say because i know from our previous chat doctor that you are in a very good relationship a secure long one which i i hugely admire uh-huh. and respect so what would you say like is kind of like make i forgot my fucking question with that whole intro but uh, like, yeah i think what was what what for you is like good sex good sex uh what is good sex and it doesn't have to be about your relationship but maybe just along the way things that you really uh, feel uh, help it make it a good other than just... I, I actually think that like some of the best sex I've had is fairly random. Right. You know, I think a lot of it has to do with, and including with my partner. I mean, some of the... T- I mean, it varies... You know, you mean a like lot outdoors, or like, what do you mean by the random bit? Like I timing? I think I think like you know, like the stars align all of a sudden. It's like having a good time. You yeah. can't. You can set everything up to have a good time, but you can't. You can plan on having <laughs> a good time, but okay. you can't automatically have a good time. So it's a bit spontane- spontaneity. Who doesn't like a little bit of mystery or you know surprise? Uh, no, no. I mean, I don't think. You know, I think like uh, we actually schedule sex. Okay. Because when you, I th- and I recommend that, especially for people who are in long term relationships, because you, uh, you know, you get busy. You get busy. Yeah. And I you want to you prioritize certain things. Yeah. And you, you know, we're both out doing things and you just have to make sure you're both around and like kind of in the mood at this, you know. Up, so we plan, we plan ahead at this point. In, I like the in our long in I ha- I have to yeah I have to plan it. <laughs> I mean not that you know not that it's we we don't you know we don't have rules that's for sure. But um I actually you know I actually really want to find out because sure. I Sorry, uh I you're here from London for sure, for how long have you you been here how long two you, months. Two months, and how long are you staying for? I have a week left, or a less week than a left. week, less than a week. Oh, I'm nice. so sad. I love New I York. I want to move here. It's amazing. I've had so many people, well, not a lot, but I have a bunch of people. I'm having an artist uh, who's going to be doing a show at the gallery I just opened at Brooklyn Comedy Collective. Um, it opens the 16th of November. Uh, from London, he's going to be here for a few days. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Some really cool. funny British artists. Nice. Yeah. So you're enjoying your time in New York? It's so much fun. So I went to Magnolia Bakery yesterday. I had their apple and cinnamon like pudding because that's their seasonal one. And then I went to Levain's. So I've been doing. I've, it's been a mixture of some like book promote. Sorry, book, book promotion because yeah, and um, some touristy kind of exciting things because it's my first U.S. Slash New York visit in my life. Is this your first time in New York? Yeah, I can't believe I, I wow. never came sooner. I think it would have been like, I mean, I think hindsight is great. I think I would have been certainly more inspired if I'd come earlier. But like, it's never too late. So Tra- was, traveling anywhere new is inspiring. Yeah. I don't care where you go. It was a good, I think it's the book coming out on the 26th of September really spurred me on. But um, it's a special place with special people. I think food and people is up there um, in terms of reasons to be anywhere. So, yeah, I do really like the people here because it's a shitty ass lifestyle and it does attract people who I feel like it's less superficial in a way because you got to put up with so much crap to live here. It's not a comfortable place to live. Yeah, so it's it certainly has, a grind. 
Like mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a grind, like hard. You, you guys are working hard. You're very busy. Yeah, people are very motivated here. That can get that can get a little that can get a little exhausting. It's hard not to get, <laughs> try not to get caught up in the competitiveness, you know. But, um, but anyway, there's so much. I so let back to you. We're we're gonna we're gonna focus on you. I mean, that's 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 <laughs> the, that's my jam. So, um, so. You you started wearing a hijab mm-hmm. uh, at age nineteen. Now yeah. your family is clearly um, uh, Muslim, right? Yes, they yes. and from India originally. Yeah, 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 You're yeah. you were born here in the UK. Yeah, uh, well, in this in the West in the West. Yes, yeah. And your parents were born. My mom was in the, also born in the West, and my father was born in India. And then my mother went to uh, India on a trip, and then proposed to my dad, which was uh-huh. really cool because I think you hear so many stories about arranged marriages or even forced marriages, or um, like the woman being quite submissive. And yet, the role model I had was my mom being super kind of a go getter and just like following her heart. Yeah, yeah, and also not fear, pretty fearless woman, which we love. Yes. So we could consider you a first generation uh, uh, Londoner. Yeah, totally. Um, so do they speak? Uh, would it, Urdu. Yeah, I mean, there's so many languages in India. Hindi yeah. was I have been to India not yeah. a long, long time ago. That place was me. It's like definitely the one. The people Ooh. are Indian. My impression was like they they are not nearly they're they're much more they see themselves much more as a fabric of they're all one they they're not, their egos are a lot quieter there. I think that's a very nice way of putting it. I think that it's it's very humbling when you go there because you see um so much like differences than where we're what we're used to. I think um you see some people in really hardship but with a with a genuine peaceful smile on their face and it like really grounds me um when I kind of as as, as, as an experience because I think sometimes sometimes we can focus on like the smaller uh you could say minor hiccups in life and then they've got like serious uh issues and they're kind of you know completely on top of because they have each other that's what it feels like to me they have like a I real sense of reality as well I think yeah maybe you're so, right so yeah strong to yeah. like to be able to kind of cope with mm-hmm. the world that they kind of are thrown at them. So you started wearing the hijab. Was that Mm. your idea? It was my idea. I don't think, I don't, I I act before I think usually. Um, And nobody in my family was wearing it. Um, In fact, nobody really in the UK was wearing it that much. So Mm -hmm. I think it's because when I I was younger at Saturday school, which um, was an Islamic kind of Saturday, you'd go to do extra Mm -hmm. studies. um, I used to wear it as a younger person there. And then I'll take it off. And so it, it stayed with me that, you know, this is something that a woman does or that I could do. And then I didn't realize why I was taking it off. So then when I got a bit older and like able to make my own decisions, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't a big deal until like, I guess, terrorism started happening. Oh, yeah. um, and then that kind of really um, painted or colored people's view of like what it symbolized. And mm-hmm. then that became obviously quite difficult to maneuver because mm-hmm. I was wearing it of my own free choice and it, its meaning to me wasn't apparent to anybody else and it became distorted as yeah Jesus people are like so quick to judge <laughs> so so you it it has a real I mean I I 
I'm, I don't know much. I'm very ignorant in this area. Okay. It's embarrassingly, embarrassingly no so. But uh, I'm not going to try to try to pretend otherwise. So it has a religious symbolism. Yes. Yeah, so and do you, does it have a religious symbolism to you? Great question. Um, do you want an honest answer? I, uh, oh, <laughs> this is, yeah. This is, so, this is a self-proclaimed psychotherapist. <laughs> you bet I want an oh, honest. Oh, God. There's no, there's no place to hide. Um, nope. <laughs> so I think it symbolizes many things and, um, like I would urge people who are curious to look at more authentic uh, narratives as opposed to like kind of critical uh, mm-hmm. or Western outside. I'm narrative. asking you. Yes. So one of the things it does symbolize is modesty. And for, for me, yes, I, I do. I, I really think that that's kind of uh, special about it. And to answer the other part of your question, which is a very valid and, and important question is it, I guess I could be better as a hijabi so some of the things that it symbolizes you know i definitely uh, embrace them but not always like consistently so Mm -hmm. do you feel guilty about that i don't to be honest with you because Mm -hmm. i think it's a very personal thing yes people can see it but like like anything people can't see inside of you you know and Mm -hmm. there's some i say i say in the book sorry before you remember your point but yeah I i say in the book that there's some Muslim women who don't wear the hijab and they're probably better practicing than me. So it doesn't define you or, uh, you know, completely dictate how, right. how your faith. You can't see right. somebody's uh, commitment. The, th- the thing that I'm trying to, this is what I'm trying to understand, okay. is that it's um, a very um, forthright symbol. Uh, it's very what it stands out. When you see it, oh, you I mean, it's just that, what like, it's it's very that? it's very superficial. It's like it's like, I mean, um, like, um, people have all sorts of beliefs, but there's a very, you know, obvious physical. It's, it's a very obvious physical manifestation of your good. beliefs. Yeah. That it's like wearing um, a sign. Yeah, in a certain it's, way, it's definitely something you. It's unavoidable. It, it in a yeah, way. Of yeah, it's, it. I it's, guess it, it's loud, and but, it's a commitment. I mean, I don't know if it's comfortable or not, but it's a big commitment that you got to keep that thing clean and yeah, put it well, on. Is it? I don't do, every day. Do you sleep with it? No. Okay, I don't, I don't know anything <laughs> about this shit. <laughs> it looks great. Off. You look great. I You're mean, sweet. she's gorgeous. But no, no. Um, what it is is, I think um, people. Uh, Sorry, I, I've kind of lost. No, no, I know you. Uh, go but, ahead. But no, I was. Or take uh, your time is what people, I really mean. You know, um, it's good to ask questions if you don't know. Do you know what I mean? And it's fine. Like I think it might mean we practice all Muslims. Like we practice things are uh, a little bit differently. So one person's motivation could be different, and um, you know, sometimes people it's habit. Like nobody forced me to wear it. There's a lot of misunderstandings about yeah. women's choice and. To, to go back on your point about the superficiality, I think, unfortunately, women tend to be, um, you know, mis- misinterpreted, whether you wear a hijab or not. We always seem to be contorted by mainstream media yeah. or, or subjected by our bodies. So it's, it's certainly the intention, I think, of the hijab to kind of um, put women on a, a higher level than kind of, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. certainly not meant to harm women. Um and I think mm-hmm. it's just a lack of maybe sometimes compassion or understanding towards it. Because mm-hmm. people see it as um, 
kind of making us smaller but it's a choice and um you know a lot of people who convert to islam actually embrace the hijab as well so i don't think it's about making us smaller i think it's about us having autonomy over our bodies yeah no i mean you know your choice to wear it or not i mean the fact um so you are you are religious though you are religious so okay so so it's clearly connected to it's a clear connection right there however you practice your religion but um you're also by wearing it kind of a um tour guide representative (laughs) you are right well yeah and how do you feel about that are you you know it could be i mean i imagine that sometimes you're proud and sometimes it's like a shut up you know do you mean do you have a specific examples of who you think might be what, what you where you want me to go with that like well, I mean, I mentioned it's like, you know, it's like wearing, uh, you know, it's like wearing like a policeman's uniform in New York City. Everybody's going to ask you for directions. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're clearly yeah. saying I'm a Muslim woman. So and, to yeah. ask your question, I mean, in the very short time I've been in New York, I've experienced an acceptance like no other place. Uh, oh, that's good to hear. Given that I'm not even from here as well, I think it's because your culture is so rich and um, everybody is so kind of individual and strong and like so nobody really stands out because everyone's in their comfortable in their skin. Really, yeah. Um, I would say that to be honest, it depends on the asker when I'm being a representative. So if somebody's nice or genuine or curious, uh, all, all of those things, like I'm not a psycho, I can answer a question. But, you know, when somebody's kind of haggling and they seem to have a alternate agenda, yeah. or maybe they're kind of a bit like, uh, I don't know, anti-Islamic even or whatever. Yeah, so right. That can be I quite see that, that. Can be difficult because it's not my job necessarily to to kind of fix their issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it has it has its uh, drawbacks for sure. But then, um, you know, if that's the way that the world <laughs> wants to approach people, um it depends on the context, I would say, but like obviously, it's just additional work for people like me, which I guess we don't have to do, but like sometimes may choose to do. Yeah. So is it like, is it forced on? Do you feel like it's forced on you or you're choosing it? It feels to me, and this is me, just it sounds like you, it sounds like something you don't have to do. Well, I'm, so so I'm saying like I'm a comedian and I I have a bit of a like a profile so yeah like when right I'm called on TV and stuff like yes that industry is sometimes wants to kind of put people in boxes right and so is is that I guess that's not ideal because you know you want to be seen as an artist or as a person yeah. or not just the sum of your parts so I think professionally that can be um you know it can have it can have positives because that's sometimes the reason you get a call. But also, if that's the only reason you're being called, then that can be limiting um, to the art that you want to express necessarily or the way that you're able to kind of come across. So, um, yeah, I I think it depends, again, like what's going on with the global climate. So, like, we know what's going on right now. um, And so, uh, you know, there seems to be a heightened awareness of Muslims, uh, Mm. whereas sometimes, so it may be, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess when there's more Muslim news. When there's, yeah. Yeah, when there's more news about Muslims or something like that, then it's like um, a little bit more heightened. Right. And then, like, we also... So it comes and goes. Yeah, we're regular people, you know. (laughs) I know. I I, I, I 
take that for granted. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I know you don't. But what I mean is that we have our own stuff going on. So it's like it's difficult right. to coordinate. Like, you know, you, you said earlier, which is great that, you know, you have to plan sex. You're that busy. And similarly, like I might have a headache one day. And so it's like I might have my personal shit going on. Yeah, right. And then something, you know, I've right. got to also. Right. But um, ultimately, I'm very blessed. I, I love my faith. And so if that's, that's something great. that I have to do, I don't, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a... I, I, it's not a have to do as you said but it, I think it's like it's not a big deal because where I'm able to kind of like kind of help dispel any questions um, it's, it's not about you me. feel like and I believe you are like a great representative for oh. do you feel do you feel like that though? I don't think that artists necessarily are I know the the, best. See, that's what I'm trying to understand because so that's kind sex, of complicated yeah so you're being very uh, polite but my book my book is called sex bomb so that's not the type of um, story I guess that most people expect from a Muslim uh, hijabi woman right um, but I think it shows that uh i'm i'm rounded like you know muslim women obviously do have sex and so uh my my book is about like sex bomb it's a joke it's like my my life is it about it, it, i love sex but it's also got a lot of bombs in it and they're not terrorist related so yeah i talk about um you know could a muslim woman be a sex bomb i.e an attainable desirable woman um or what 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 it what does it mean to be a sex bomb because we we don't seem to live in a very sex positive state of mind mm-hmm. so um i don't endeavor to be a role model and that's the thing like i think mm-hmm. people want to kind of um they put that on you yeah so i think it's, there's a, a lot in my mm-hmm. book look about, at me i'm like asking you about it no 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 but i want to find i want yeah. to get into it in terms sure. of the um sex aspect because so um when when you know the stereotype and i don't you know, like I said, I'm not going to profess past the stereotype and I, I'm talking to you and I don't see stereotypes because you're obviously quite an individual. Um, but the thing is, is that like when I think about like going out and meeting dudes, you know, wearing that gives to me, I mean, I would imagine that would give a message saying that that isn't somebody who wants to have sex. Like how, how do you, am I right about that? And then how do you manage that? Like, how do you, how do you put it out there? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you do that? Like, how does that work? It's, it's really like uh, a great question. I'm glad you brought it up. And, um, the Muslim, sorry, the hijab certainly does, um, mean that like you're not approached probably as non-hijabis are because I, I think for some men it symbolizes maybe I'm already married for other men it must mean that I'm off limits or that I'm like not interested etc etc so it does give off a lot of non-verbal cues um and I guess what that leads up to is that I don't get like a lot of male or I don't get any like we'd say very 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 little male uh kind of attention Attention. and so that's difficult because um yeah when i've tried to give men attention when i've tried to kind of maybe um ask a guy out you could say they don't like a woman to be well in my case they don't like me being direct about it so then they're not going to ask me and i'm not asking them so it's really complicated um i think communication is key i don't like the apps so i don't use them so i think it's about trying to trying to know what you want so that when it shows up that you're kind of in a good space to actually 
um, make something from it. Well, you're kind of like the, uh, the uh, you know, kind of a, I mean, a big, big symbol of mixed messages, yeah, right? Because yeah. I think that's I mean, where the fodder for comedy comes through. That's why it's really funny because women I hear, uh, like you or, you know, Western women or whatever, yeah. they're constantly having to turn down dick. Like pe- men are all like chasing women all the time. And I don't get that. So uh, it's hilarious. Like a, a woman who can't get dick is very funny. So from a comedic perspective. Yeah, I no, it's great material. It's good. But you still got to live. <laughs> I still have to live. But, you know, I mean, I think um, it's like, you know, it depends on what setting you're in. Uh, some people find people at work. Some people find people uh, randomly. I th- Again, I'm going to come back to America that is much more open minded and New York. New York. I'm very open-minded and people actually treat me like a regular person, which yeah. is very, very, like feels like an honor and a privilege and refreshing and it's exciting. And I think there's more potential here for relationships or just fun, yeah. fun yeah. friendships as well. Yeah, that's true. We are in a bubble here. And I know I've been to London recently and one of my best friends lives in London. My commiserations that you have. Yeah, and so, I know I had a great time. <laughs> Where did so, you go? Shout out David Mills. I oh, said, I know David. He's, he's a comedian. Yeah, he's do you know him? Did yeah, you yeah. see his show at Pangea? Well, I didn't see that one. I, I'm trying to get to go to one of the last shows there, but he's great. He was on. I saw. I met he's him in. There, right? I saw him in London, and then he's he's been in New York for he's a while. A great comedian. Lo- shout brilliant. Out, shout out to David. Yeah, shout out to. Um, the thing is, though, I wonder about you personally. Have you ever been in therapy? I haven't. You know what? I did a radio show once and they paid me to go to Harley Street. And um, so I did it because it was free and it was just one hour. And the lady was like, you seem pretty happy, but you should maybe try to get some data before you come back. Like so that she could figure out more about my um, dating habits or style, because obviously I didn't have a lot to tell her because I wasn't really playing the field, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Like try enjoying a nap like Bumble and then bring the data back to me. Yeah, I was just asking that because I was wondering, like, I can't help. This is like, um, this is this is certainly a Dr. Lisa question, and forgive me, <laughs> the, forgive me, but, like, I can't help but wonder if there's some um, conflict about, you know, your sexuality, not your sexuality, you mean about identity, commitment right? or something with men if you ha- like do you think that that like you like because uh, wearing it um it sort of protects you on so- it sort of puts you in control with men right yeah i think some men just like you know they might not notice if you've had a haircut some men are just oblivious. Like, I'm not going to lie. They just don't even, like... It they don't notice. I'm not yeah, surprised. So yeah, you're right. We, oh, yeah, you're right about that. They don't but even notice. I hear, your, I hear your point and, you know, the deeper underlying um, point that you're making about um, mm-hmm. kind of balancing uh, mm-hmm. sexuality or how, uh-huh. I'm, how I'm perceived with in terms of my desires and then what what can be done about those things. And And... Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to say the book is great. I didn't, I didn't read read a cover. I I've read parts of it. I can't. I don't want to get a test on it, but um, <laughs> I will say that there, that what I did read about your parents' relationship is really interesting. Um, I'm not gonna. You guys really need to read this book, okay? I mean, but it's it's not nothing to do. Your parents' relationship is not a Western uh, p- no. paradigm whatsoever. 
So, and it was very stressful, I think. Yes. must have been very stressful. So what I'm saying is I wonder if that made you confused about having relationships with men on some level. My biggest problem uh, from that was, was worrying about guys cheating. And that's something that I'm trying to work on because I don't understand like what worrying is going to change. Um, and I don't think that, you know, it's trust is always going to be hard, but you can't approach it from the worst case scenario. So I'm certainly trying to like, mm-hmm. I know that that isn't an easy uh thing for me because faithfulness is really important especially to women um so that that was very like you know challenging and I think it um I think it's something that in a relationship you just work on because it kind of comes up and you know well I think also um uh trust trusting a partner is also I think I think what's hard a lot of times is trusting your own instincts enough to trust that person or yeah your or own judgment your own instincts, period exactly because sometimes you look back and you're like oh I, I did think that thing and then I didn't do it you know so it's like just trusting yourself or, uh, uh, well enough to not kind of to yeah I don't know and it's hard it's hard yeah. because the the mere dynamic of getting to know somebody means like you don't know them and then you still have to trust them at the same time so mm-hmm. like it there's no there's no easy way around there's no way around that so have you had any long-term relationships um i talk about my uh ex relationship yeah uh, in the book uh that was a very long yeah ray Ray, and it was a long one and um other than that i've kind of uh had a few crushes here and there but like no nothing i i work quite a lot like you new yorkers i put a lot of time into uh trying yeah. to kind of like write and do comedy you got um, three careers it's hard also, oh no i know i mean i get it and we talked about the difficulties i have in terms of trying to find eligible guys i find that a lot of guys are in in relationships already um mm-hmm. doesn't help no they don't wear a sign i don't really like apps so um it's something that i'm open to and would be lovely if it turns up and I've, again maybe it's going to happen in new york Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> you, you listening to this, guys? You got another week left, okay? <laughs> she's she's great. I mean, I, I would totally, I can totally recommend. I think you guys would, I think any guy out there would be very lucky. That's so nice of you. Thank yeah, you. Very, I haven't very, paid Dr. Levy to say that. Uh, no, no. Um, uh, no, are you kidding? <laughs> um, but uh, so... Uh, Ray Ray didn't sound like a great guy. No, Ray, uh, I think, uh, you know, when you haven't had any kind of sex education or even homeschooling on relationships and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Or a good example. Yeah, it's true. So it's very easy to be like uh, sucked in by looks. And Ray was a looker. I don't know if there's like a complete relationship between like good looking guys and not being great people. That's probably too broad uh to, and it's very unfair to a lot of guys so i won't go there but he was very attractive and he knew it and, uh. Uh, yeah and i think he knew that i doted on him i fell on every word and i think because i was quite young and it was my first relationship it meant a lot and often more than it needed to given the what, what, what it actually was and so i needed somebody maybe to shake me but then the problem is when somebody tells you that it's wrong Sometimes you don't want to hear it or, or it, it's kind of even more enticing to kind of, oh, it's a bad situation. So 
I've definitely learned so much from that yeah. relationship and I wouldn't want to um, ever kind of repeat the negativity that I, uh, I, I think basically I didn't like myself a lot during that relationship and so I'm working on that. It sounds like um, a pretty uh, likely first relationship for a lot of young women. Yes. A lot of things that like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. And then you are you have to learn. We all have to learn the hard fucking way. Mm. Um, so um, I just wanted people to understand. I, I printed out headlines of two of the articles that you've written for Metro in uh, London. And I guess... We don't we don't have those newspapers here anymore because we have COVID. Um, here's two of your headlines. Horny Muslim women like me aren't supposed to exist during Ramadan. Gotta love that. <laughs> and men assume I'm not interested in sex because I'm a Muslim woman. They couldn't be more wrong. So that's like saying that you really, you know, that you really you're sex positive. So how do you get that out? How do you get that message out there on like, how do you get that out there in your day-to-day life? Like that you're available and that, you know, it's because obviously the job, it covers your hair. The idea is to, that, that you're not supposed to show your hair, right? Yeah, I think it depends on the other person as well. Because I think if they are receiving like you, then they'll get to know me as a person as opposed to just like my exterior. It depends on other people's interests, but it's not that I don't have a responsibility and I'm not trying to cop out. Oh, I see what you're saying. Wait, go ahead. Uh, It's just to say that like, yeah, I I think it's about kind of like meaningful exchanges and often like when you're so busy and you're just kind of of, um, being polite or small talk, sometimes those small nuances don't always come across. So you mean you might not get like guys hitting on you on the train, but if if you were at a party and we were having a conversation, yes. like I could easily see you as a sexy babe. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I mean, I you know, yeah, I'm if hetero, up, but if they, but if like they, I could see a guy definitely. If they asked me if I'm single, you know, then we'd go. You know, the conversation. Yeah, or or maybe this book is a good way for you to reach out. Do you think so? Yeah, I mean, the thing is. <laughs> I think so on one level, but on the other level, I think it could put to the wrong people, um, give them, uh, you know, the wrong impression that that's all I'm about. So we have to be careful because on the spectrum, you know, I'm not on any, I'm not on either end. I'm just a balanced person. I'm trying to say that, you know, this is maybe not how you would have viewed me, but like, look at this, but there's, you know, subtext to it. But a lot of times, especially on the internet, you get guys being like, oh, you know, always just talking about sex to you and then that's, yeah. that's not what you want either you don't want them to think right. asexual but you're not only sexual so they need to see you as a person as a female as a rounded person who has sexuality but has other things too right um you're definitely blowing up some myths in yes. this with this book and your writing in general that's really what you your first love is writing right? yeah i love comedy and i love writing and i think um which are the same, really. Yeah, and I think that's why I like kind of being authentic. So I guess it, there's there was, you know, if you wanted to be more commercially successful, that probably isn't the best route. But for mm. me as an artist, the uh, message or what being honest and real about kind of my views uh, is more important than that. So you're kind of living a little bit of a social experiment, aren't you? You're like... <laughs> that's one way of putting it. Yeah, you're like, I'm going to be this person. 
and but I'm really this person. And however that gets played out in the world, like I'm going, like you could take an easier route. Mm-hmm. You could take an easier I route. Think, you, you know, when you've gone down a road so far, because when you start the route, you don't know how hard it is. So you're just going down the road and then you see so much. And then, like you said, it could have, there was an easier route, but you didn't know it at the time. And then like, you're already so far down this road now. I don't think sometimes you go too far. You can't go back. Right, right. But I, I, after, after talking to you, I mean, uh, I can see pretty quickly that, um, how if somebody was hanging out with you, they'd forget about all this other crap. Yes. And it's like, you're, you're very, you know, you're sophisticated and stuff like that. It's not like you're like, you know, what, what's, you know, it's not like you're looking at a vibrator going, what's that? No. Um, so. So do you feel that way? Do you feel like, you know, that that when you're hanging out with people, mostly you just forget about the whole thing? I Again, New York, yes. Nobody um, is that interested or bothered about it, which is refreshing. Um, That's they, what I can't get over, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think like, like we said before, it's waves. So it's certainly more practice, like more women wear it these days. So on that level, I guess people understand it or accept it more. Um, and I think it's, I think it's sometimes people just uh, not knowing what they can and can't say, and then not knowing how to kind of like bring it up. If and so it can kind of sometimes feel a bit uh, inappropriate or random. Um, I don't know. I think. But but um, how do uh, how do other Muslim women respond to you? Mixed. Um, I think sometimes they're a bit challenged by uh, the art that I do and some of them are quite supportive and they're like you know that's really funny and I see a lot of myself in that I'm really horny and stuff like that so I think it is mixed Um, I think sometimes uh, you know I think what I'm doing is still kind of uh, it's very fresh uh, in terms of for Muslim women talking about sex and so um, it's difficult for people to know how to respond hmm you guys have to get your shit together. It's not a big fucking deal. It's cloth. Um, so uh, I guess if if there's a guy, it's it, so it's kind of going to weed out a lot of people, isn't it? What, the scar? Yeah. I think so. I think, um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, you, you hope that, it works out and I'm sure that it will at some point. Um, you can't force, like, I don't know how, there's this real specialness or magic even um, when you meet that person that you're meant to be with and um, you can't orchestrate it is, like, is, is what I'm saying. So I think it's like you need to be in the right place and open to it and they need to be into you and all of those good stuff. And so it's so much more than just like your physical appearance. Do you think, do you think that, that there is such a thing as meeting the right guy. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, me. Do you think there's like one person and all that stuff? It's a great question, and I'd like to believe so. You know, I don't. I mean, but you, at some point, like you know, maybe the person that you want it to be with it is kind of busy with somebody else, or or you know, in a different country or something like that. So maybe, maybe some people never meet them. But it's nice to feel like there is one person that you're meant to be with. So. The the thing that I think about with you is I I I think 
you know, I could see you with all different kinds of men, but I worry about your ability to trust men. Yes. I think that's going to, I think that's a bigger obstacle than the hijab. Do you have any solutions about that? No, but, well, I was going to ask you, do you have any male friends? Do you have male friends, guys that you're just buddies with? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say it's more like acquaintance or like colleagues that like colleagues wise. Um, Do you have brothers or sisters? No. That's not good. Can you get some brothers? But what do you mean <laughs> for them to help me find a guy? No, no. Oh. I'm trying to get like, I'm trying to like figure out um, how you can trust. I think honestly, I mean, I think that the thing that 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 I'm cons- I mean, what do I know? I'm not even a real therapist, but the thing that I'm concerned about for you is with your family and um the circumstances that, you know, and you're living in you know, I think trust is I would I would be I would be thinking that trust w- could be an obstacle for you or be I mean in other words it's really complicated to meet anybody and have any relationship. And I think that your, you know, your what what you have imprinted or learned about trusting it with a man isn't probably is could be an obstacle. I wouldn't. I'm, I hope that doesn't hurt you in me. Oh somebody. no! I think I think it's like a lesson, um, and I think it's like you can choose to be passive in it, or you can choose to kind of be a bit more um, active in it in terms of like doing things your side, as in like showing compassion or being patient or having good communication. And I think it's a two way thing. So like somebody knows that. I mean, you know, they. I as much as I want to trust somebody, they also. Um, need me to need, need to trust me. So I think mm-hmm. it's a two way thing, mm-hmm. and I think it's about sometimes we can always be in sour grapes, like oh, I don't have a man and stuff. But I think no, um, I don't see that at all. No, no I'm not worried. I mean, I'm not seeing that at all. I hope you're having enough sex. <laughs> I well, I'm I'm. Just, I think that's that's hard to like. I mean, if you're not on the apps to arrange yeah, I that, I haven't had sex for a while, to be honest with you, but. Uh, she's here for another week I'm here here for a whole week guys Um, but I think you're right about trust being an important thing but I think I think with somebody who wants to be trusted it will be great and I I think that there's some real good people out there and I think I absolutely do too. I think that a lot of times, I think, I think I'm, I'm talking broad stereotypes here, but I think a lot of times men, men just, you know, they just don't think that hard about all the shit that women think. We're very cerebral and emotional as well. Very emotional. And I think a lot of times they just fuck shit up and it doesn't necessarily mean they're trustworthy. I think like when I first started going out, the guy who's my husband, he would be late a lot. And I, you know, a couple of times I just left and I'm sorry, I waited 20 minutes. Um, so you would, you would say, well, that guy's not trustworthy. Oh, no. If somebody, I mean, late, I did. If <laughs> I'm saying my own insecurities. <laughs> I think it's bigger things. Like if somebody like say your man is traveling away for business. And you just want to make sure that he's being faithful. Like, there's no way of you doing that. You have to trust them. I think small things like, um, you know, 
not doing what they were supposed to do those smaller things but I think it's the bigger things like just having that peace of mind and I'm sure that you know everybody has insecurities right so it's like as much it's a two-way street as as much as I need to be assured they also need to be assured and I think a good relationship you can kind of work together on on, Mm -hmm. building the in a relationship but I'm talking about how to get started that's where the trust is more of a problem I think trust once you're you know once you're really committed to somebody after like I think it takes like I don't think you can really trust know somebody well enough to, until you see them in enough circumstances after a year i think it takes yeah. at least a year to like legitimately that's pretty i like that you put a, put a, you, you called it because like there's not enough like you know uh advice out there about like what it looks like and that, i think that's quite fair um yeah i think you're right the beginning but the thing is i think if there's an attraction there you know, there's not too much at stake at the beginning. So it's like, you know, no. it's less jeopardy to be that worried if about. You're not. You can't to, well, if you're that stressed at the beginning, like you really do probably need to maybe consult somebody. <laughs> or, yeah, so it's either you're worrying too much or there's something's wrong. Uh, um, casual sex. So do you get opportunities? You're, you, you enjoy casual sex. I haven't had, no, I don't really. Do you? I, I like relationships. So, so I'm because because these this is what I want to understand because yeah. these headlines say oh right okay. these headlines make me think that you enjoy casual sex Cas- look sex on any whatever anybody wants to do I'm all in so I don't know if this is giving the game away but I write the articles and usually the publication chooses a headline oh you don't write those headlines I don't know the headlines and, oh okay that's fair yeah sometimes it's a big publication they got listen i get that i guess what they're trying to just highlight or empathize em- empathize is that uh like i feel like muslim women are so disassociated from sex that uh they're trying to show that actually they're trying to show that we do have um with normal kind of sex and relationships yeah. with everybody else. So I can I can see the reasoning for the headlines. But I, I guess it's about sex positivity in a space where it isn't often um, kind of, it, you know, perceived or well, even kind of even portrayed. Well, in a headline, I mean, in a paper, in a headline in today's climate that you have to break through and that I get why those head. Yeah, those are those are good headlines to get that point across. For and sure. also I'm a comedian. So horny Muslim women like me aren't supposed to exist during Ramadan. It's just simply funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why it doesn't. Yeah. No, I'm just asking you personally. That's, yeah. I mean, the thing is, all. I think for me, I know that I want a connection and I want a bit more. So that's the reason is mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not open to just casual sex. Okay, well, n- see, now this makes a little more sense because I think with a, you know, somebody who was really into a lot of casual sex, I would think that if that's what they really, really wanted, I would think that hijab would be more of an, op- would be a, a real obstacle. Right. But like, you, you're actually like, you actually want somebody that you can connect with. I would love a relationship. Yeah. Or, or just some, you know, you, you're, you're, yeah. So, so, um, that makes, that makes good sense. And the book, um, certainly, uh, shows your learning, your learning and developing through that. And did you, did you feel that by writing this book, did you kind of like, 
maybe uh, think some things through for yourself? What 100%. Did you, like uh-huh. you look back at things and you're a different person. You're a bit more grown up. And I think it's like I what I really learned, the main thing was about that my relationship with myself was a problem. Like as, as problematic as my relationship with my ex, Ray J, was, um, I needed to kind of be nicer to myself or, or, yeah. or you know, have have a bit more standards than what I was accepting from that relationship so I definitely learned a lot and um you know just trying to be the per- you, we can sometimes be a lot nicer to others than we are to ourselves oh, so if we don't want other people Jeez. to be treated badly like you know we we also don't deserve that either so that's been like a nice lesson yeah, I'm still working on that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's really that's, no, but I'm glad to. It's always great to be reminded. Yes. I'm glad so, it's not just me. so this is an issue, not with, um, you know, one particular race or one particular type. I think women have this issue. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like it's a common issue among women that women don't aren't, you know, they they. I think it's just about an awakening. I think as soon as you realize that you have a lot of worth, and I think sometimes it is a bit more challenging as a woman because it doesn't always feel like we have worth. And so I think it's it's about being kind to yourself and like um, trying to nip it in the bud sooner, like low self-esteem or low self-worth. Like it sometimes can really have a detrimental impact unless you kind of deal with it. Here, here, here's something I always say to women in their 30s. Like, that's that the worst era. I didn't, I mean, I dated a few guys, but that, that is really the worst era. And I think the problem is, is that women, when women come into their own and they have their own careers and their own interests, I think a lot of men don't like that. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to admit to themselves that it makes them uncomfortable. And also, it's like, what, well, what do they do? You know, what's their purpose then? Because we're kind of like, you know, yeah. fulfilled in, in, in many senses. So I hear you. And um, and they're competitive. They're like, I mean, I not not lately, but I mean, in my 30s, you know, I had a career, career in advertising and I was making a lot more money than a lot of the guys I dated. And I don't think they they pretend they like it i think there's a few out there but probably the majority you face were like that so i think like because for a powerful woman is very attractive but i think so that for the right man that would he would have admired that and been impressed by that i would have hoped but i think if you were you know unfortunately maybe maybe just most of them were didn't appreciate that and that was work that they needed to do yeah i think but i i do think a lot of women like what we do is we wind up blaming ourselves you know that's what i did i'm like i'm not pretty enough i'm not fun oh God, enough i'm not uh, well shut you're up so thank you pretty. and you have a sexy voice like oh, well I mean, thank you anyone. no but i mean that's i'm just saying i, I would just you. blame myself yes we have to be better to ourselves and uh, and i think and what's wrong with me but the truth is a lot of men and I, I mean, and I know this from looking back on the men I dated, you know, a lot of men really, they would put down my artwork or they were critical of me because they couldn't. And these are smart guys. So I want, want women to know that like if a guy, if you're not, if you don't have a bunch of guys, it could be you're not submissive enough. Okay. So get working on that <laughs> submissiveness. Do some more sucking up because that's not, a, I just, and you know, I mean, it hasn't gone away. We've been working on this way too long, and you guys have to, yeah, you guys all have to get get in lot get. You know, women are really powerful. Women are so powerful. Yeah, we know more. We just know more. We just get it. 
I don't understand like why it has to be a competition. You know, you can both uplift one another and um yeah, just like, you know, grow bigger balls as you're suggesting. I I I agree. Um so uh I wanna thank you for being on the planet. I think oh. there aren't enough people like you putting out messages that are helping people create awareness and and I don't want to say tolerance, but we're all the same. Didn't yeah. we're all so similar? That's so generous, and thank you for being on the planet as well. Oh thank well, that's you. very sweet. So let's. We've only got two, three minutes. So let's make sure we get you. You go ahead. I got it written down, but you tell them all the things that they should do. Okay, where, where they should go, where so they should find you. So you need to subscribe to this podcast that you're listening to. Oh, that's very every sweet. Week. Um, I'm. You can find me on Instagram at Sadia underscore Asmats underscore, and um, that's plural. Plural, and you can purchase my book anywhere you like to get books. So it's on Kindle, Amazon. Um, you can get it at your local bookshop. They can order it for you. Um, I highly recommend it. It's called Sex Bomb. It's about um, the life. It's called the sex. It's called Sex Bomb: The Life and Loves of an Asian Babe. And so that Asian Babes actually used to be a pornographic magazine in Britain. Oh, yeah. And so uh, that was to, an inspiration. It was. It was uh, as it, we learn in the book. Yes, exactly. Go ahead. So it's been. Uh, it was been. It was a real pleasure. I spent a lot of time uh, putting my soul into the pages. I think you'll enjoy it. It will definitely be, as uh, Lisa said, a story that you don't hear often. And so I think for that reason alone, it will be quite uh, a fun read. Yeah. Yeah. And um, if we go to London, where where do you is there one place that you perform more than others? Just uh, yeah, you can uh, look it up online, but it's mostly in central London. Um, so yeah, it just depends where where what crazy part of my life. I got to get I my am. friend Dallas to go see you. That's oh. what I'm going to do. She's one of my best friends. She was here here last week, and uh, nice. We 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 had we had so much fun. She's 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 great. Uh, okay, what else can I tell you? Thank you for listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'm here live Thursdays, every Thursday, two to three. Um, there's more than, th- well, this is like 348th episodes. Wow. So you can go to, uh, you know, anywhere on, as po- as a podcast and listen, and listen. And don't forget about RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We we have we have an events manager now, so Ooh. we are, we are going to be pop partying. Good. Yeah, yeah. We have some really, really great uh, events coming up. Music, comedy. Too bad we're you know you got to come back. <laughs> I, I, com- I'll have to follow up when I return. Yeah, come back. Okay, so we've got, uh, thank you so much. Uh, we got 30 seconds left. What else can I tell you? Uh, I can't. What are you I don't doing know. later today? What am I doing later today? I'm going to go for a really long walk. That's nice. that's my thing. It's so good out. It's beautiful. I know, I know. You got some really good weather here, 80 <laughs> degrees. It's 80 degrees in New York. Can you believe it? Global warming. <laughs> uh,